Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on Kenya's financial markets with the aim of providing you, the listener, with a broad overview of Kenya's financial markets. And we attempt to do this by reporting on the performance of the major markets, ranging from the money market to the foreign exchange market, and from the equity market to the bond market. And in addition to that, we also cover any topical issues arising during the week. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 28th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 11th to Friday the 15th of July. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We start off by looking at the World Bank's latest global economic report, which states that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has compounded the damage from the COVID-19 pandemic and magnified the slowdown in the global economy, which is entering a period of feeble growth and elevated inflation. This raises the risk of stagflation, which describes a country experiencing persistently high inflation combined with stagnant demand and economic growth, which poses potentially harmful consequences for the global economy. Global growth is projected to slump from 5.7% in 2021 to 2.9% in 2022, which is significantly lower than the 4.1% growth that was projected in January. This outlook was confirmed by the Chinese economy, which recorded a measly GDP growth of 0.4% in the second quarter of 2022, as the Chinese economy struggled to recover from the impact of the strict COVID controls implemented by the government. Mainland China has been facing its worst COVID outbreak since the pandemic began in early 2020. Moving over to the U.S., according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, inflation continues to maintain a chokehold on the U.S. economy. And this was confirmed on Wednesday as the Consumer Price Index, that's the CPI, which is a broad measure of goods and services related to the cost of living, soared by a record 9.1% from a year ago. This marked the fastest pace for U.S. inflation going back to November 1981, that's over 40 years ago. Excluding the volatile food and energy prices, the core CPI increased by 5.9%, slightly off the peak of 6.5% that was hit in March this year. Turning to the euro, on Tuesday we saw the euro finally hit parity with the US dollar, which was its lowest level since December 2002, that's over 20 years ago. Parity means that both currencies now have the same value. The euro fell to 0.9998 against the US dollar, 
as the Eurozone's energy supply crisis and economic woes continue to depress the common currency. Meanwhile, the European Central Bank is expected to hike interest rates by 25 basis points when it meets on the 21st of July. Staying with currencies, on Thursday, the U.S. dollar index hit a peak of 109.29, its highest level since September 2002. The greenback has rallied as the Fed is expected to raise rates faster and higher than peer central banks as U.S. inflation soared to a 40-year high of 9.1% in June. The Fed funds futures now indicate a 73% chance of a 75 basis point hike in interest rates. The U.S. stock market rallied on Friday in response to a new round of bank earnings and promising economic data on retail sales. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose by about 660 points to settle at 31,288. Despite Friday's relief rally, all the major averages closed out the week in negative territory. In the U.S. bond market, the gap between the two-year and the 10-year yields shrank on Friday but remained inverted as traders factored in the possibility that the U.S. Fed will hike interest rates by 75 basis points at its next meeting on the 26th and 27th of July and not by 100 basis points as previously anticipated. The two-year yield, which is more sensitive to changes in monetary policy, was down by about two basis points to 3.12%, whilst the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note fell three basis points to 2.92%. For your information, a yield curve inversion happens when short-term government bonds have a higher yield than longer-term bonds and is often viewed by the market as a sign of an upcoming recession. Moving over to the commodities market, oil prices were on track for their biggest weekly percentage drop in about a month on concerns that the global economic slowdown could chop away at demand for oil. However, oil prices gained by 2.5% on Friday after it was confirmed that Saudi Arabia would not immediately boost oil output and as investors raised doubts about OPEC's spare capacity to ramp up crude oil production. Brent crude, the international benchmark, was up 2.5% to $101.60 per barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate, that's WTI, rose by a similar margin to $98.16 a barrel. Marban oil, which Kenya imports, dropped from $105 to $101 per barrel on the 14th of July. Looking at the local fuel prices, the Kenya government authorized an additional fuel subsidy of about 17 billion shillings to keep fuel prices unchanged in the month of August. This is to help cushion Kenyans from further increases in fuel prices and to defuse public outrage as Kenyans go to the ballot in three weeks' time. Something for you to note is that without the subsidy, 
a liter of premium Super Petrol would have jumped to 210 shillings, while that of diesel would be retailing at 194 shillings and kerosene at 181. Please note that it is highly likely that this fuel subsidy will be removed after the elections, so please begin to budget for fuel at above 200 shillings in the very near future. We round up the global markets by looking at all that glitters, and that is gold, which posted its fifth straight weekly loss, as expectations of a sizable rate hike by the U.S. Federal Reserve powered the U.S. dollar and eroded the appeal for gold. The U.S. dollar is undergoing an epic rally and is trading at a two-decade high, making it the go-to safe haven asset for most investors. The price of gold fell by about 2% to close the week trading at $1,705 per ounce. Moving over to the Kenyan markets, we start off by looking at exchange rates. During the week, the Kenyan shilling continued to slip up versus the U.S. dollar, but remained stable against other international and regional currencies. Against the U.S. dollar, the Kenya shilling was exchanging hands at 118.27 on Friday the 15th of July as compared to 118.07 the previous week. And against the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was exchanging for 31.88 Ugandan shillings and 19.74 Tanzanian shillings. On Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves, these remained adequate at 7.95 billion US dollars. That is equivalent to 4.59 months of import cover, and this meets the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. The central bank also released the latest data on diaspora remittances, and the total remittances received in the month of June 2022 was up to $326 million compared to $306 million in June 2021, representing an increase of 6.6%. The strong remittance inflows continued to support the country's current account and the stability of the Kenya shilling exchange rate. The U.S. dollar remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for 59% of the total received in June 2022. In the money markets, the interbank market was liquid during the week, partly reflecting government payments which helped to offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 27.7 billion Kenya shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.44% on the 14th of July compared to 5.89% on the 7th of July. During the week, the average number of interbank deals remained stable at 38, while the average value traded increased to 25 billion shillings from 20 billion shillings the previous week. In the short-term government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 14th of July, 
with the central bank receiving bids totaling 25.4 billion shillings, a Guinness and advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 106%. Interest rates for all the three treasury bills increased marginally, with a 91-day rate up by 8.1 basis points to 8.24%. The 182-day rate rose by 5.2 basis points to 9.30%. And the 364-day rate remained unchanged at 9.98%. In the primary bond market, the central bank in its July bond issue has invited bids for two reopened 15-year fixed coupon treasury bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The FXD2-2013 stroke expires in April 2028 and has 5.8 years left to maturity with a coupon at 12%. The FXD2-2018 stroke expires in October 2033 and has 11.3 years left to maturity with a coupon at 12.75%. The central bank is looking to raise 40 billion shillings for budgetary support and the bond is open for sale until Tuesday the 19th of July. And the results for the auction will be announced on Thursday the 21st of July. In the secondary market, bond turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 38% during the week. And in the international market, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds rose by an average of 235 basis points. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, the equities market recorded a mixed performance with the NASI and the NSC25 gaining by 5% and 1.5% respectively, while the NSC20 declined marginally by 0.6%. This means their year-to-date performance remains deep in the red, with the NASI down by about 15%, the NSC20 lower by 12%, whilst the NSC25 recorded a decline of 14%. The stock market performance was driven up mainly by Safaricom, which was up significantly by 11%, whilst BAT and Bamburi recorded gains of 2% and 1% respectively. However, these gains were moderated by losses posted mainly by banking stocks such as KCB Group, which declined 4.6%, Cooperative Bank dipped by about 4%, Equity Group was trading lower by 3%, and Absa Bank closed the session about 3% off its opening price. In related news, Safaricom has restructured a total of $400 million worth of short-term credit facilities and converted that into medium-term loans. In the process, Safaricom has converted part of its debt into local currency to ease the pressure on cash flows and to reduce the market risk arising from borrowing in foreign currency. Safaricom had borrowed the funds to facilitate the payment for a telecoms license in Ethiopia. The restructuring of the facility will save the telco from a potential repayment headache at a time when the Kenya shilling is continuously weakening against the U.S. dollar. And this was as reported by the so-called pink newspaper 
the business daily. And on the regional front, the Democratic Republic of Congo, the DRC, on Monday officially became a member of the East African community. The entry of the DRC brings with it a population of about 92 million people, increasing the population of the East African community to about 300 million people with a gross domestic product of 250 billion US dollars. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following contacts. On email at jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. And on Twitter at jamuhuriG And on Instagram at J-A-M-U underscore H-U-R-I. And on Facebook at jamuhuri.gachuroba. Gachuroba spells G-A-C-H-O-R-O-B-A. Once again, thank you for downloading and listening to the Market Color Podcast. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, take care of yourself, do all the good that you can, and God bless you.